listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by the Envision Advisors at Your Castle Real Estate. So in today's podcast episode, we have another portfolio analysis review. We actually take Richard and Alona's portfolio, they've plugged it into the Property Llama software, and we do a full deep dive into opportunities on their portfolio. If you listen to Ben's portfolio analysis last week, it's the same drill this week. We're just going through a different portfolio, and this is more acquired through an investor landlord hat versus a house hacking acquisition method. So on the panel is myself, Joe Massey, Chelsea Scott, and then Richard and Lona in the hot seat talk about their portfolio. So I hope you enjoy the show. It was phenomenal. Their reactions were fantastic for the opportunities they had in their portfolio. So please enjoy it. And of course, if you have questions or you're confused on what to do with your portfolio, go to the website, fill out the investment consultation form. We'll take care of you. We'll plug your properties in the software and help you do a full analysis as to what opportunities that you have and help you make the best plan for your portfolio. Enjoy the show. So shifting gears into here is uh, going through Richard and Lowe's portfolio. Originally, we had this uh, set for last week, uh, but we went really deep with Ben's portfolio and decided to push this into this week because I think you know Ben's portfolio was very, very uh, representative of people house hacking. And Richard and the loans portfolio is very representative of landlords. So great one to look at here. Cool. And Richard, I know, um, I think if I recall, Alona was kind of uh, prodding you a few weeks ago to actually put the properties in the software. Yeah. Um, and you did. And I wish I record the reaction that when you actually put it in there. What was your reaction? Well, my reaction is that my portfolio in terms of its current day performance and all the metrics we look at was a lot worse than I was expecting. Except, you know, the silver lining to that is that it's because they've all just appreciated so much, you know? So, well... You you were much more animated. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, like, you're yeah, like yeah, the yeah, logical yeah, uh, no, I couldn't believe now, it. Yeah, yeah. But you were more like, you were very animated. It was, it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I, wish we, yeah, I wish we had a recording of that. All right, so jumping into here, I did the same thing uh, like with Ben's portfolio, and we can look at the very high level. So this is their current portfolio, which is made up of uh, three properties, Yeah, right? three. Give us a, just a high-level overview of them. Okay, um, so we have kind of an interesting story here, as I was alluding to earlier. So we, we lived in Hong Kong a few years ago. We've only recently moved here, except we've been investing in Colorado for a, a couple of years now, or I'd say like a year and a half. And so where this started was that we we were planning our move back here. We knew it was on the radar. We were applying for visas and, you know, it's a long process. And actually what we did was we purchased a single family home that we intended to live in, even though we weren't going to move for several years. And so that that kind of was the very first uh, property. And then we were hooked because... And you purchased as an investment, right? Well, I mean, we were going to tenant it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We said we're, we're going to put the money in the market. We have we have the cash to make the down payment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Colorado has very strong appreciation, especially Denver, especially Highlands Ranch, where it's located. And so we said, yeah, we'll buy it now, and then we'll get to ride some appreciation and you know cash flow from the tenant and everything else, and that'll be nice. And then we'll eventually move into it. Um, so after that, I would say we were pretty hooked because within a month, I think we started the search for the second property because. At that time, the, the market was really vertical. Mm-hmm. I mean, we made 50% in our down payment within a few months, honestly. Is that about a year ago you bought the second place? Uh, it was September 20 that we actually... Okay, no, 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 no. It was six months later. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so I think that we, we started our search 
second quarter 2020 uh we got it closed third quarter of 2020 and then even before the end of the year like i said the, the thing had gone up in value 10 15 percent which in in relationship to our down payment was like this massive return and we were like wow let, let's let's do this some more and then so we acquired a second property in which yeah in colorado springs which we took down under you know conventional terms and this one would have also been you know a more standard like this one was chosen as an investment property we tenanted it we took it down with a mortgage very standard stuff and then we actually would have kept going except um from what i understand and actually i did talk to you joe is that basically banks stop lending on people with overseas income which we had Mm -hmm. uh it's difficult yeah i mean it, yeah. it was already difficult and then it just kind of got to the point where people were like um just wait until you get back you know and so then we we got back a few weeks ago four or five weeks ago and then i identified on a on a visit to my colorado springs property ran into an agent about to list the next place she quoted me the price i knew the price was literally what i paid over a year ago so i was like uh I think Colorado Springs has seen some appreciation. And I just said, you don't need to list this. You don't need to paint it. You can sell this to me today. Mm -hmm. And the and I was like, and you can double in the commission, you know, because and, that right there is yeah. a tip that everyone that's complaining about the market should learn giving the agent, the listing agent, the opportunity to double end it. All of a sudden you rise to the top of the VIP list. Well, it never made it to the MLS. That's right. Basically, she's like, and she's like, are you okay with this price? And then I'm doing my my like poker face, and I'm like, well, I see you were you, you were going to do some renovations, so how about you give me a discount for half of what you were going to spend on the renovations? <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's like, I think that's fair, and I was like, then you don't have to mess with it. I was like, I'll close quick. I mean, and I just moved here, so I still didn't have a loan figured out, so we actually closed with cash on that one, mm -hmm. and we're in the process of trying to, you know, convert that into a well pull the cash back out under a mortgage and we'll, we'll get more to that later but i think that's a good that was a great summary that's yeah awesome. so that that's just the stage there so uh single family residence in highlands ranch investment bought a future bought for a future primary two townhomes down colorado springs so currently uh, about 1.2 million and they're identical since it's the, the townhomes yeah yeah it's worth mentioning that, that they're identical like it's literally in the same unit so for all practical purposes it's the same so about 1.2 million total valuation about $700,000 in total equity. Now going to loan to value and the three metrics we really look at right now, it's a 43% loan to value, which is below that 50% rule of thumb we established, a 3.2% portfolio wide cash on cash, a 3.6% average cap rate, which is below the 4%. And then return on equity, I don't have it on this one. Anyway, Low LTV, low average cap rate, and I can tell you return equity is low as it's well. Like, it's like five or six. Yeah, since you have yeah. a, a, a property in cash and a highly appreciated re residence. I actually deleted it off this because I didn't want to embarrass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, like, it's like a five, honestly. It's pretty bad. Um, <clears throat> all right, so that's the current snapshot of the portfolio here. And going into property number one, this is a single family home in Highlands Ranch. And you can see here, it's a very low cap rate and very low ROE. It's a 6% return equity using the formula that I talked about last week and about a 53% loan to value with a 2.9% cap rate. And I think it's worth adding to this is that we intend to house hack next anyways. So it's not like we're even ready to move into this. Like this yeah. thing is is on the back burner for still another couple of years, even if we were to hold on to it. Yeah. That's worth mentioning. And 
I have notes here. I'm not a fan of mixing personal investing because yeah. what's going through you right now is often what people go through. Yeah, I entered the property and I was like, uh, oh, this is bad. <laughs> what's your thoughts on Joe people buying an investment property, turn their primary residence in two or three years? Do you see it happen very often? No, not frequently. A lot of people talk about it, but very few follow through. Very it, right? few people do it. Yeah, yeah. very few. People. I see the opposite. I'm going to buy my primary residence. 18 months, 24 months later, I'm going to move out and turn that property into a rental. I very rarely see somebody buy an investment and then in the future move into it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was like 9,000 miles away. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, no we, so, we're, we're not being critical. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just saying there were like special circumstances yeah. Which, yeah. which explain, mm-hmm. you know, this type of action. And the reason I don't recommend is because a lot of times it doesn't work out like in your situation, things change, which is perfectly fine. The other reason is it's very hard to find like a number of property that makes sense now. And I'll speak, oh, this is my dream home or close to my dream home in three years I'm going to move into. It's very hard to balance those two. Mm -hmm. But regardless, you've got $300,000 in change in equity. So you have some opportunity there in your real estate piggy bank. So property one. Lots of opportunity there, and we'll explore a cash out refi or sell and trade up. And this is townhome number two. The normal one. The one you bought a year ago through finance. Yeah, the only like normal property in the portfolio is that one. Um, 4.8 or 4.7 cap rate, 10% ROE, and a 50% or greater than 50% LTV. So it meets the metric. And two things I'll point out on here is that you are self-managing this with these numbers here, if I recall, right? We've just transitioned to yeah. self-managing. And yeah. so, you know, if, if you were to put a, a PM fee in, you'd probably be right around like a 4% cap rate or so. Yeah. So if you self-manage or hire a property manager, property manager, you may want to adjust the cap rate accordingly because a lot of times that's a 0. 0.7, 0. 0.8 cap rate bump is what I see, Joe. Yeah, it depends on the rents, right? Uh-huh. But yes, it's it, it definitely impacts it negatively. Um, but regardless, right here, like you're kind of above all those metrics. Uh, you have about a hundred thousand dollars in equity, so like a good amount, but also not like a huge amount. Yeah, correct. So unless there's like a huge opportunity, I'd kind of sit and hang tight in here because this is a very good property and just would appreciate from the year or two. Yeah, and Colorado Springs is a great area, especially oh, yeah. like this property is right by a major uh like industrial revitalization area, too. So I would say that like that's something that doesn't appear on the spreadsheet, which would help justify a, a hold because I believe I'll see outsized returns in the appreciation category. Yeah, you're also getting great rent for a two bed. Yeah. Here, it looks, that looks really good. So moving on to property three, which is the identical townhome, same complex that you guys closed on a couple of weeks ago with cash. On the 24th, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, so literally, what, two weeks ago. Um, and originally, I remember we were talking about this offline is you said, hey, you bought it for what, for like 217? Yes. And it's worth about what, 260? 257, two, two, around there. Yeah. Right so at least 260 now, it's been a couple weeks. It's already appreciated. Yeah, so. yeah that's right. Um, and you had talked about potentially just doing a quick flip on there because that's an easy $50,000, $40,000, in equity right there potentially. Well, and because property managed, it, it's only a four. So yeah. I was like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, maybe just take the cash. Here's the problem I don't like with that is if you... Even if you flip it, that's basically the same as a property flip uh, with no cosmetic remodels. Um, you're going to get hammered with taxes. You're going to get uh, income taxes and short-term capital gains taxes. And a lot of times, I mean, paying a tax bracket, and you're like 40 or 50% all in to the government when you pay income tax, yeah. state tax, uh, self-employment, FICA tax on so there. that leaves like, like 20 grand, and that was a lot of work for 20 grand. Yeah. Is I'm that worth it then? And a lot of risk, too. Yeah. I mean, I went right. in all cash on it. Right. So what... I like here instead, this will a lot of times we coach our clients into is uh, buy the property, put a renter in there for one year. And if it makes sense, then flip it almost like a delayed flip. 
Because now you went from short-term capital gains to long-term capital gains, and now you can 1031 the property and defer your taxes and depreciation recapture. And there'll be a bit more appreciation between now and mm-hmm. then. Right. Now, so. if this was like a 2% cap rate, you know, that's a different story, but you're borderline here, I, I would keep it. Okay. But here's what's interesting, because this is a property you bought cash. It's a 4.5% return equity. Um, so incredibly, incredibly low return equity, which is the same as a cap rate. Right. When you pay um, cash, your return on equity will be the same as your cap rate. Exactly. So with this, like, I mean, that's a horrible cap rate and just a very poor use of equity. So yeah, but I mean, the the, the, the refinance is in progress. Oh, yeah. well, no, so I'm saying to buy. Hold on, I'm saying just hold it in cash. Like some yeah, people, yeah. Like, this is why you don't buy it in cash. Yeah, that's what I was, that's what I was trying to say. Um, don't buy it in cash because it's just a, it's a very poor use for money. Like leverage loans and real estate is how you make these big returns, and we got to leverage up. Yeah, totally. So I know this. We started checking about this before, but Joe, they bought this uh, on the 24th. We are on February 8th. They bought a cash. What options they have for putting financing on here. Well, especially because here's the concern that we discussed earlier is that, you know, because I paid 217, the default would be that I would cash out. Well, we'll do a delayed finance is that I'd receive basically the valuation of the 217 that I paid for. Needless to say, it would be preferable to me to be able to do a cash out at the 255 ish 260, because then, well, I mean, hopefully I would get a, it would be almost a burr. So can I ask you some questions? Sure. So I know you said the property needed a little bit of renovation. Have you done any work to it? What have you done? Have you put a tenant in there? What have you done with it? There is a tenant in there and it received the carpet upstairs and it just needs patch and paint. So it'll be ready in like a week and a half. Okay, great. So you did a little bit of sprucing up. Yeah. Um, So here's the way delayed financing works is you paid 217 for this property. Yeah. You can take out up to 75% of the new appraised value, not to exceed what you paid for the property. All right. And so when we talk about the new appraised value, one of the first questions the appraiser is going to ask you, hey, you just paid 217. Have you done any work? All right. Yes, we've done paint, carpet, this, we've fixed the furnace. We've done whatever we've done. Yeah. Okay. We've spruced it up. We've put in a tenant. And here's all my comparables, Mr. Appraiser, because this is one really important point. You're the homeowner. So you can provide your background, your um, backup for these are the comparables we've used. This is the other property that we have here in the area. This is what we think it's worth. Now, Mr. Appraiser, of course, you're going to go out and you're going to complete your valuation. But the appraiser's job is to appraise the fair market value of the property. Mm-hmm. Okay. Their job is not to say you just paid 217, so it's worth 217, right? Nothing would ever appreciate. They're supposed to say, hey, you paid 217, you've done a little bit of work, that moves the condition up. What are other similar condition properties selling for? So now let's say I did have to pull out my calculator so you guys don't make fun of me for my math skills. <laughs> so let's say the property appraises for 257. Okay. All right. Yeah. You can take out up to 75%, which would be $192,000. Now, if there's going to be costs associated with that. Let's call it $5,000 in closing costs. You're going to get back you know, $188,000, $187,000. So you're going to be into this property for about all right, depending on how much your renovation costs are. Now, let's do the math, and let's just say for argument's sake, the property appraises for $300,000. Not likely, but let's say that it does. If the property appraises for $300,000, you can take out 75% of that new appraised value, which would be two twenty-five. dollars Now, you can't take out two hundred twenty-five dollars because you only paid two seventeen dollars for it, but I could give you $217,000 in cash, and then we can use that difference of $8,000 as closing costs to maybe buy down your interest rate. Oh. 
All right. So the catch is we're going to ask for that settlement statement when you bought it. You can't get cash back of $217,001, but you can get back $217,000 exactly. And that difference we could use to pay all the closing costs. And if there's Mm -hmm. excess, use it to buy down your interest rate. Interesting. Yeah. And so that's assuming the property appraises for 300, which is a stretch. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But the important point that I want everybody to understand is you can take cash out based on what is that new appraised value as long as you're not taking out more cash than you paid. Well, so Joe knows this because I just got your HomeBot emails. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, I like it. Yeah. And you and I have done delayed financing mm-hmm. many times. Yep. And so if that scenario had happened where it was worth 300000 which one of my houses that you financed for me, um, it did happen to. Mm-hmm. And if I'd waited that amount of time to finance, you basically just got every single dollar that you paid for this in cash back to you. I mean, that's the goal, right? I get, I mean, and money is still cheap. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't say that enough. I mean, four and a half percent is still really cheap to borrow money. And so you just literally got all your money back at a very inexpensive cost in that scenario. Now, and it it can happen because it happened to me. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to know that I think that for delayed financing, it's a lot only like 60 days. Or something like this to do six months. Six months. Yep. Six months. Yeah. So this is an important point. You can take the cash back out within that six month period. After six months, then it's just a regular cash out refinance and there's no restriction. So a real good example I'll give you. I had one of my clients, similar situation. They paid two, let's call it 217. We got the appraisal back. They did a bunch of renovations and we got the appraisal back. It was like month five because they had to renovate the property. It took a lot of time. The property came in at like four hundred thousand dollars. All right, I could have given them a delayed financing loan of two twenty five, but they would have still had a ton of equity. Instead, we just waited until they owned the property for six months and one day, and then we were able to give them a loan of three hundred thousand dollars. So we got back all the cash you paid for it plus additional cash. And so that happens sometimes if you're right in that six month, four month, five month, six month window, it might make sense to wait. And, but it, you don't have to wait to get the appraisal. You just have to wait to close. Uh. And see, and that's why you want to have this conversation because you literally just doubled your leverage. Like you leveraged mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. double, 2X yeah. in like the course of six months. Mm-hmm. So you had $200,000 here. Now you have $400,000 six months later. Yeah, it was 300 because there still need to be some equity in the home. Even even three hundred, but I'm saying the the point, like if I'm back to a scenario, yeah. is like you only had 200000 to invest six months ago. Now you have 400,000, you got your 200 back, now do it again, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, that is like such incredible average. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would consider it, even if we're able to refi at this like 255, 260, I would Mm -hmm. still call that a huge win, Mm -hmm. being able to pull half my cash out in a matter of weeks. Yeah, yeah, you'll be into it for your cost of your renovation, 20, 25, maybe $30,000, right? If you've got $200,000 and every time you do this, it costs you $30,000 that comes out, you can do this, what, seven or eight times mm-hmm. and build your portfolio just recycling the same $200,000. And it's such a great, it's such a great argument to how to build your equity in an appreciating market and how mm-hmm. to like double your buying power, triple, quadruple, keep doing it over and over. So mm-hmm. if you're in a highly appreciating market like we are now, yeah. look at what you can do to like stretch this out mm-hmm. by doing this over and over again. I agree. And you were able to do this for me quickly. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just churned and burned like yeah. one, two, three. So it's not like there were a lot of roadblocks. Yeah. yeah how many weeks did this take? Uh, three I... weeks. Whoa. Yeah. All right. 
Yeah, like I'll give you a real good example. Chelsea, we knew we were going to do this. I couldn't actually start on the transaction because she has to own the property. Yeah, right? yeah. You can't apply. So she went to the closing, purchased, paid cash, and then swings by my office that afternoon, signs the application. We order the appraisal. We close three weeks later. Yeah. Um, and so in your case, you already own it. So you could start the application whenever you're ready, but it doesn't take very long. And I will say it's the fewest words I've ever exchanged with somebody professionally. It was like, how much, when, where, sign, good, done. Have yep. a good day. I was like, see you later. Yeah, I'd actually been told before that the delayed finance is actually significantly easier mortgage than when you're trying to mortgage during the close. Because the way it was described by... I'm talking to another mortgage broker and I'm glad I talked to you as well, is that he's like, there's no deadlines. There's nothing like this. It all happens at our own pace. Mm -hmm. It's not like you're trying to do that on top of nine other things. And Mm -hmm. you know, there's an order of operations, Mm -hmm. none of that. We could take it at our pace and then it closes when it closes. Yep. That's, that's very true. But when you say our pace, my pace is really fast because I want you to get the money back. Yeah. So that you oh, can ideally. then buy the next property. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ideally, but it's not well and also like there's no risk of like the deal falling apart right. because you already have it. Yeah, yeah. I've already got the property. So Yep. Yeah. Cool. So then, oh sorry. sorry. And I guess then moving uh, the property back to LLC, which was what we are trying to do, that all happens after this delayed finance and it's handled. Yep, because you the property needs to be in your personal name when you buy it, mm-hmm. in your personal name when you refinance it. After that, you know, you can transfer it to the LLC. I know we've done podcasts and everything on that. Everybody, everybody that's on the call today understands the pros and cons of that. But that would occur after you've done the new loan with right. us. Right. So basically, we gotta manage like during this time, we're managing the risk. Yeah. Because the uh, tenant is there, and we are trying to make it so that you know, yep. make, just make sure you have a big umbrella yeah. policy. Yeah. 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 yeah we, we we did that. <laughs> yep. Perfect. <laughs> okay. So one thing I want to say about, I'm actually posting, uh, posting this to Facebook right now, uh, this podcast that Joe and I and the lawyer did for transferring a property to an LLC, um, since this is like one of the most favorite questions of investors out there. If you're not sure how that works and the pros and cons, check out that. Um, post it in the, uh, well, we'll make sure it's in there. Um, so one thing I'll comment on here is before we go to the next property analysis or portfolio analysis is that if you do want to do delayed financing or cash out refi, uh, I would definitely recommend that you talk with Joe or talk with your lender before you even buy the property, because I've heard horror stories from investors. I've heard horror stories from Joe where people buy a property and say, oh, hey, Joe, I want to do financing on here. It's like, oh, well, you know what? You should talk to me three weeks ago. So you should have done this, this, and this. That's right. Now we can't do it. So Talk sooner, not later on here, and don't don't assume anything because uh, assumptions make an ass out of you and me. I think that's how it goes, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's okay. what assumptions I've, I've do. I've heard that. Yeah. Yes. And I've <laughs> done that too. So uh, so don't do that. So going back to the slides here, now looking at the portfolio optimization. So here's some of my bullet points. And then Joe and Chelsea, I want you guys to chime in. What stood out to me was to sell and 1031 your Highlands Ranch property because you're going to be $300,000 plus in proceeds. And it's just a very poor performing rental because you saw huge appreciation. And it loses cash on cash. It's negative cash flowing. Yeah. And that's like, yeah. Your, your GRM is terrible, <laughs> yeah. right? Your GRM is not very good. Um, and I would personally uh, do a cash out refinance or delayed finance, whatever on the condo. The second one. The second one. Um, and hold both condos. I mean, they're borderline right there as far as numbers. But here's where it comes into play. And we talked about this, Ben, I think uh, Ben's podcast last week was that you're already talking about potentially selling one property and putting three or $4,000 into another property. That's a big freaking move. Now, Highlands Ranch is a very obvious thing to do, 
Um, if there's an amazing opportunity or you're good with more moving parts, you could potentially trade up the, the condo or the, I'm sorry, I should say townhomes. But from like an emotional standpoint and like risk mitigation standpoint, I would do Highlands Ranch, hold the condos for a year or two, especially since one would be, you know, short-term capital gains. And then do one 1031, get a feel for bigger multifamily, and then see how you like it. And yeah. I would trade up into a multifamily. Plus, I have a very high conviction on those properties in Colorado Springs right now. I mean, even if the cap rate's low, you look at the historical performance of High of uh, not Highlands Ranch of Colorado Springs in the past few years, as well as that's not expected to change. I mean, I think that holding on to those for another two or three years will see some pretty good returns, you know, without having to do like all the work and all the brain damage. Yeah, ride the wave. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And they're recent purchases, so you probably want to hold on to them. And I just put a lot of work into them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I agree broadly with everything you said. Just a couple like little things. So I think you're negatively cash flowing in that Highlands Ranch property as it is right now. Hey, that That's sort of like if you account for maintenance and all these other like yeah, capital like accounts. Little things. That, like it, on a month to month Back basis, it does cover the mortgage because I haven't had any big maintenance items yet. Okay. Oh, perfect. Uh, but yeah. about well, negative $100 a month. Yeah, with it's not bleeding yeah. so cash. It's, it's, not, not. it's not a huge deal, yeah. but I just think yeah. that adds the argument as to, you know, if, if it's if it's a struggle to get it to break even or, or cash flow well for you, um, with that amount of equity in there and some of the other opportunities you're seeing now out there, I would agree with that comment. Seller 1031, that one for sure. And plus, I did like, and I think it's worth doing a callback. Mm -hmm. to what we sort of discussed in the first few episodes, which is where's your risk tolerance and what kind of invested yes. investor are you? Yes. And yep. mine is relatively high. And and I would also consider myself, I want to make big moves. That's what I want to do. So, and I think that's that's a great right. point. Yeah, yeah. It totally ties back to the, like our first, our first conversation. And yeah, you want to make big sweeping moves that definitely ups your risk. So that's great. Um, so yeah, I would, I would probably 1031 it though in terms of the dollar, like dollar cost averaging that we're talking about here, but that would, that would be my choice. I mean, so he was, one other thing, like he was saying your reaction when you put the properties in. So as I recall, once I saw the results of that one, I, I was like, sell everything. Yep. Okay. So perfect. So then that, that lines up with your thoughts too. So awesome. Um, I think the second condo that you have is pulling in lower rent than the first. And I was just wondering, slightly. That might be it's data so entry issues. Okay, don't so worry. they're both. So I was going to say, maybe up the rent a little. When you're on the cash out refi, I was just yeah. going to think of that one. Um, otherwise, the 2 million. So I just want to point this out. I'm sure people probably know this, but that's the 25% down on a half million that Chris is calculating there. So he's saying 200,000 on the cash out refi and the 300,000, that's 500,000. That's 25% down payment on a $2 million piece of multi. Yes, yeah, thank I follow. you. They have the yeah. good to spell so, it out. So, I mean, just to kind of, yeah, spell that out. But I would totally agree if your goal is multi- up to $2 million in multi. I mean, I just, I love that point. Every single time I love that point when people realize what 25% down is because they're like, wow, I can have $2 million. That's a serious building. That's just, I mean, in terms yeah. of the back to the, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, back to the goals that we started with, like yeah. talk about pushing you up in terms of valuation goals. And plus it's like, here's the thing. I want to move into multifamily. It's a different game and a mm -hmm. different skill set. And that everything I've read about, um, you know, people in my situation who own SFRs and stuff like that, and they're like aspiring someday to move into multifamily. The advice that I see over and over again is just do it now, because yep. once you once you've changed games, uh, now I'm playing the multifamily game permanently, and that is a much larger game with much more substantial returns and yep. you know business opportunities and all the other kind of things that you just can't cool. find in SFRs. Yeah. Cool. Joe, any comments on their portfolio? 
You know, the only thought that I have, I definitely think taking cash out of the condo, the tricky thing on the Highlands Ranch property, I do agree with selling that and 1031 into into something else, Um, but it might also be worth doing a home equity line of credit or taking cash out of that, which I know is going to impact the cash flow um, and buying one or two additional condos right now and let that Highlands Ranch property continue to appreciate because Mm -hmm. it is appreciating significantly. Yeah, And if we don't have something to replace it with right now, it might make sense to just take cash out, leave it there because the property is going to appreciate regardless of the type just of loan. Just re-levering though. Yeah, yeah, lever up on it, buy one or two other condos. Then maybe at some point in the future, maybe a year down the road when we're going to sell one or two of these condos, then we're going to sell that Highlands Ranch property. And, and I don't know if that's the right answer, just an alternative. Yeah. Well, and I think it's important to to know that uh, don't make changes all at once, right? So we we will probably do We'll probably do the uh, cash out refine condo first. So mm-hmm. delayed financing on that. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, wait a little sure. bit. That's already and then do the cash out refi problem in Highlands range. Let mm-hmm. it appreciate along. Sell. You don't want to sell. Because we have. Two... <laughs> okay, here is another <laughs> thing. We do have two more off market deals. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the within the it, same it, we don't know. We don't know within yet. the same we have prospects but. building complex mm-hmm. so we are just still in the negotiations and stuff like this so mm-hmm. that will just let us buy more um, basically properties within that mm-hmm. building complex to, to flesh that to flesh that out a little bit word has gotten around at the complex that we're acquiring <laughs> so you're the big fish in town <laughs> yeah yeah and so we've been made we've been made aware of like three total units that want to go for sale and if they're willing to sell them to me at the same price you should buy them yeah i should buy them because that's well that's like free money you make the money when you buy i mean that's substantial improvements to my long-term returns on you know i have a limited pool of capital to deploy here at the end of the day um but i would put those like we have not received pricing on those like that that is such an early stage thing but i would agree if we get offered two more units at 215 you got it i'm going to yeah i'm doing them so and the other thing you look at there is this is where, um, like I know what Travis Spear on here in a couple of weeks, and he does, he does more creative financing on here is like, this is where while you're doing all these, I would start talking to lending. Like you got, you got Joe yeah. here for residential, talk to Travis for like non-bank creative financing, talk to some commercial brokers and starting saying that the financing for all these, because yeah. a lot of times you can layer it on there. I know Joe has done numerous deals with Travis, other hard money lenders around town where they, they give them the short term money to buy the property. It's like mezzanine then, finance. Yeah, and then Joe Basically. takes the takeout yeah, yeah, financing. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yep, mezzanine. That's exactly <clears throat> so I would be very yeah. much in like uh, talk with the lenders and picking their brains and getting their game plans on there because they're all going to have different products and say, hey, think about this. You're like, oh yeah, it's a great idea. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that I don't have to be so aggressive. Like, it's not like I was aggressive with this close because I had to win the deal and that's why I did cash in 15 days was because I had no other lending. It was like my third day in the country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and so I was like, I'm not going to let this deal go because I heard the price. And like, look, here, here's my theory on why it's worth more. That's what I paid for it a year ago. Same right. price. And I know for a fact that the area has a, a it is appreciated 20%. Right. That's my thesis. You got a 20% deal just by <laughs> yeah, waiting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which re- represents the majority of my down payment. Mm-hmm. And that's where if you can buy it at a discount like that, it may make sense to delay trading up while you recycle yeah, capital. Yeah, that's just a crazy opportunity. Yeah, yeah. So what I'm hoping that if what I'm going to propose, and this is like a lot of ifs, um, is that if I can get these at a discount, I'm just going to try to close them normally. Yeah. Like without having to get creative. Because, I mean, apparently I'm the one with the initiative here because it's not on the market yet. 
So, you know, it, my choice would be, and I think for obvious reasons, to try and close the further two properties conventionally. Can I play devil's advocate for a minute? I would love, I would love feedback on that. Yeah. So let's say, let's go with our same numbers. Let's say you're going to buy the property for 217. Yeah. All right. And you call me and say, hey, Joe, I got to. Oh, because then I can't cash out more. Right. But hold on. I got to connect all the dots for everybody else. <laughs> so you've got, you're going to buy the property for 217 and you call me and say, hey, Joe, I've got a 21 day contract. I want a regular loan. Okay, great. We're going to do 25% down of 217. So you're getting a loan of what's that? 160. Yeah. All right. That's what I did last time. Yeah. yeah you yeah, get a yeah. loan of 160. You've got 25% down. 60. After you close, the property's worth 257 because that's what we've got other comparables. So I have 100K for. in equity. In now you have 100K in equity. Yeah. And then we're going to make fun of you in two months when we do this again. The and your, and your return on equity sucks. Yeah. <laughs> right. So let's uh, cash out refi Highlands Range. Yes. You should cash out refinance Highlands Ranch oh, and use that, that cash execute. to right. purchase the other ones. Mm hmm. Yeah. And this That's, is why you talk to a lender ooh, before you make the move. This is why move. you join a mastermind. Not a lender, <laughs> a lender. The lender, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Wow. The gloat. No, the gloat. Why, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the gloat. The gloat. Um, Greatest lender of all time. That, that was uh, <laughs> right. an offline reference. <laughs> um, all right, so keeping mindful, mind, uh, an eye on the clock here, being mindful of time, I want to go through and show the portfolio example here. Sure. And going back to recap, this is saying you sell in 1031 Highlands Ranch. Okay. And you take $300,000 in proceeds. And you do your cash out refi or delayed financing of your uh, Color Springs uh, townhome at about $500,000 in proceeds. So that is, as Chelsea said, a 25% down payment on a $2 million property. And my assumption is this is around a 5% cap rate property that includes property management in Denver or Springs. It might be slightly lower, but this will definitely ballpark the idea. So that top quadrant or the top portfolio is the existing one. The bottom one is with what I said, sell Highlands Ranch, refi townhome number two, and then take $500,000 and put it into a $2 million multifamily. So here's the gets really cool looking the upper right of the slides here. Your loan to value goes from about 43% to 74%. So a huge change, like 30% in LTV. Your cash on cash return actually drops from 3.2% to 2.7%, so a slight negative change there on the return. And to review, I don't value cash on cash currently. That Cash flow is not a high value thing. That's not a metric moment. that you're concerned with. Not yeah. at the moment. Perfectly Perfect. fair. Yeah, Love yeah. it. Um, it fits in really well with this analysis. So, mm -hmm. And Great. it's also the reality of the market where we're seeing you're buying into raising interest rate or rising interest rates. But while the cash on cash goes down, your total cash flow actually goes up from about 13,000 to about 18,000. Mm. So you actually do see higher cash flow. Your cap rate goes from about 3.6 to just under a 5% cap rate. Here is where it gets really, I'll say, jaw dropping. Yeah. Your NOI goes from about 45,000 to about 125,000. Your net Triple, operating income, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Your NOI triples. Yeah. Your valuation, like your total portfolio valuation, is about goes from about 1.2 to 2.5, it basically doubles. Mm -hmm. Whoa. Yeah. And actually, I have my real goals, by the way, in these portfolios. Mm -hmm. and oh, talk about those for a yeah, second, because I, yeah. I didn't match them up on here. Yeah. And so, luckily, I know what these say, even if the... Uh, so the top one is portfolio valuation, and I, I actually came up with these numbers. I was thoughtful about it. It's not like these numbers are correlated either. It's not like I took a spreadsheet and said, if I'm out of this cap, then it must... These are they're kind of intuitive numbers. Mm -hmm. Um, so I said I wanted four million in valuation, and I would say these are medium term goals. These aren't like forever in a million years I need this much. Like I want to hit these goals. I'm aggressively working towards them. 
Uh, and then the second one, I want a total equity of, I think I have one and a quarter million. Yeah. And yeah, those are the main ones. And then NOI, oh, that's a massive one, is I wanted 250000 in NOI. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's my forward-looking metric in the future of, you know, I want I want like the 20000 free cash flow when yep. I retire. So, But so, if, if you're aggressively making these moves, one move gets you pretty much halfway. Exactly. More right. than halfway to your valuation. Yeah, this is a crazy amount halfway of Halfway to your NOI, mm-hmm. yeah. This is Huge. the power of... of uh, adapting to the market rather than to be quite frank, like whining and moaning about the Denver market and, and the reduced cash flow, which it is right now. So yeah. is spring. So is Pueblo. So is everywhere across the country has a decent market to invest in. You say, Hey, the market gifted me appreciation. No, it's crazy. We've had like, take like, it. like a hundred, 200,000 a year. And like, that's massive. Right. <laughs> like, right. And, and here's the thing. That's going to happen whether you're involved in the market or not. You might yes. as, you yes. might as yeah. well be yeah. involved, yeah. right? Yeah. It's going to happen to whoever owns that property. It might as well be. And you. it'll be more impactful if I'm at five higher leverage. That's right. Yeah.